Well, hello and welcome to episode eight of the Journey of Grace. I'm so thankful that you guys are joining us. Uh, I asked last time if people wanted us to continue, and they said, please continue, Pastor. I had several people say that, so uh, we'll have that same kind of process. If you want to continue, let me know. Uh, hope and prayerfully it's encouraging to someone. I was praying about it this morning before we even started this uh, recording today and said, you know, God, please let somebody be encouraged or challenged today or just refocused today. So really glad that you guys are, are joining us on this uh, in the, here towards the end of September of 2023. Uh, pretty amazing what God's done in the last uh, like seven months. Pretty amazing stuff in my body physically. I'll talk about that in a second. But I'd like to, if I could, uh, talk about in this regard, uh, finding treasure and hidden manna. That's the, the theme of episode eight, finding treasure and hidden manna, finding treasure and hidden manna. So many people have asked me, okay, Pastor Mark, what have you learned during this process? And I told people last time, still in the process of learning, but I have learned to sort of enjoy the ride a little bit more and uh, to really thank God for his grace. So last week after church, I went up to uh, a restaurant to order some food for Dee and I, and uh, a lady pulled up and, and said, I was just a to-go order, right? And she said, oh, Pastor Mark, that was a great great service today. We were, and we're really powerful. God's presence has been so good to us for a long, long time, but it's just getting better and better. But uh, she said, I want to tell you something, Pastor Mark, and I really mean this. And she's newer in our church in many ways, but she said, she said, Pastor Mark, you look so much better than you used to look. And I, I just chuckled a little bit. She said, no, I mean it. You look so much better. And so, I, you know, you sort of wonder how you take that, right? That, that the chemo helped me to improve my looks or is like my body changing. But I know what she was saying is that, you know, God's grace is there and his power is there. And, and I want to say this to you too. First of all and foremost, thank Jesus for his grace. And this journey of grace is our journey together. And I want to take a, a little shift in this journey today as we look at the next maybe episodes to come. But uh, I want to thank you also for praying. Uh, quick update on me. Uh, right now I'm feeling great. Um, really have uh, no issues other than I still drink a ton of water every day. That's a lot, a lot of water for a lot of reasons. But I'm in immunotherapy once a month for about an hour. And uh, that's just to activate my immune system to really kill off anything that might try to come back. But I'm feeling good. The doctors are pleased with everything at this point. I'll have a scan coming up here in uh, the first week of November. And after that, I'll probably have another episode for you guys. Or maybe before, just let you give an update what's going on. But I really want to say thank you for praying. I have no words uh, to describe how, how much I appreciate your prayers. Yesterday, I was talking to a person who used to go to Cornerstone years and years ago. They moved away years ago. And out of the blue, they called me last week and said, hey, just was praying for you. I didn't know that you'd been sick. I didn't know you're going through things. And they're a really wonderful family. And I married their kids and stuff like that. But they were just so kind. But I want to say thank you for praying. And I ask you, don't stop praying. And in, in addition to that, there are so many people that I'm praying for right now. Usually in the middle of the night now, I'm still getting up, not as much, but just to pray for people and thinking about what God's doing in people's lives. So I pray for a lot of you, and I thank you for praying for us, and don't stop. So today we're talking about the journey of grace, episode 8, Finding Treasure and Hidden, hidden Manna. And uh, we talked about, Pastor, you know, what are you learning, what's happening? I love the fact that I can trust unknown things with someone I know very, very well. My walk with God and my relationship with God. But it's been challenging me to me a little bit to say, okay, how do I process it now? So 
we went through all the stuff, the diagnosis, the chemo, going through the surgery. It's actually uh, on the recording date. We're recording this right now. It's 11 weeks since surgery, which seems like a years ago, but it's 11 weeks today, feeling great. We thank God for that, but still need more prayer, being honest with you, asking God for his hand. But how do you then live it out? Because all of us have certain number of things that God has ordered our steps to do. You know, when the Bible says that all of our days are written in his book before one come to be, he's not just playing around and said, okay, oh, and I'll be surprised when something happens. No, Jesus knows everything. He knows everything about us. And there's a, a great comfort for me to know, and I hope for you, whatever you're facing in your life, and I want to speak to you real quickly if I could. I don't know what you're facing, but I want you to find this, this special treasure, finding treasure and hidden man. I want you to find that for yourself in whatever stage you're in. So right now, I'm in this stage of thanking God for what he's doing, but I understand the enemy wants to say, but what if, what if, what if? Well, none of us have any guarantees on our lifespan, except that we are guaranteed by God's word that he holds our lifespan in his hands. So there's not one day happening in my life that he doesn't know about or that he won't work through. And so I want to speak that to your life right now as we start this podcast, that you'd really sense that God is saying to you, Lord, you hold my life in your hands. You hold me all together, and I want to trust you with it, okay? So the Bible talks very clearly about several things, but one of those is, is that, that finding that treasure, okay? We know a lot of different stories, but I want to turn your attention, if you could, just to to Luke's Gospel chapter 12 for a second. Luke's Gospel chapter 12. And this is a, uh, a sermon of Jesus. It's a long sermon. It's chapter 12 and part of chapter 13 that he's preaching. It's repeated and it very, sounds very similar to one in Matthew's Gospel when we think about the Sermon on the Mount, okay? And so Luke, who is uh, inspired by God years later to go back and just sort of do some research, asking eyewitnesses accounts of what was said there today. He, he, he says many things that Matthew said, but he adds some things that maybe Matthew uh, had not seen. And so I'm going to pick it up in chapter 12, verse number 22. He turns to his disciples. And so just for a minute, I want you to see the eyes of Jesus turning to you in the place you're in, when the uncertainty you're walking through, with the unknown, and he says this, this is what I tell you. Do not worry about everyday life. What you're going to have enough food or eat to eat or enough clothing to wear. For life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store in barns for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can, I, can all your carries... Having all your worries and all your cares add one single moment to your life. This is an important verse, verse 25, and I want to talk about this finding treasure, okay? Can all your worries add one single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish something like that, what's the use of worrying at all? And so I, I want to talk about some treasure in your own life. So because all of us, I can go back into worry mode and say, what's going to happen next week when I go for another test? What happens with the scan? All that kind of stuff. Or I can say, God, all right, I really have to understand that I trust in you. When you tell me not to worry, it is a command. It's not like, oh, you know, worry one day and then not worry another day. He said, just don't worry. We often fail to appreciate that 
the damage that is done when you and I worry. First of all, in our walk with the king, when we worry, we actually minimize God and elevate our own fears. When we stand in faith, we elevate God and minimize our worries, right? Research who are, uh, from people who are not even believers clearly shows that stress and worry deteriorates your immune system. Physically, we always say everything is spiritual, right? It, it actually ne- has a negative response on your T cells that fight off immunity in your body. And prolonged worry and anxiety affect your brain and actually will allow you to focus on other things, almost like a, a record that won't skip to the next part. And you repeat and you repeat and you repeat, what if, what if, what if? And the Lord says to his disciples, to us, he turns and he says to you today, right now in this podcast, this is for you, whatever you're facing right now with kids, or with finances, with health, with family, with, with issues about even future things, Jesus says, don't worry, trust me. And then he says, verse 27, look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work. They don't stress over it. They just grow. But even King Solomon, all his glory was never arrayed like one of the lilies of God's field. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he care for you? And then Jesus asked the question to his disciples, why do you have such little faith? So I felt like today we took a shift in this uh, episode eight of saying, Lord God, let me find that treasure and hidden manna. Well, where does that treasure come from? Verse 29, and don't be concerned about what you're going to eat or drink. Don't worry about such things. How many times does Jesus say that to his disciples in this passage alone? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your heavenly Father knows your needs. So in other words, don't act like an unbeliever. And so many times, and I've known people, and you know people who are followers of Jesus, and all they think about is, Lord, I love you, but what if? Or Lord, God, if that happens, if the what if happens, Jesus is there at the what if moment. Speaking from experience, he's there with you at the what if moment. So in all of our lives right now, I want God to take us to a new level in this journey of grace to say, God, would you please let me understand that when I worry, I'm distracted from seeking your face. He says, when you worry, you're like the pagans. And I just want to challenge some folks, men and women both, who are concerned about different things, stock market and politics and finances and trouble and unrest and crises around the world. Can I say this to you? All those things are real. But our God is already in advance saying, listen, don't worry, I have those things. I'm taking care of you. So God over and over again talked about this, that he cared for his people. But then verse 31 says of chapter 12, Luke's gospel, seek first the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it's God's will for you, my Father's will, to make you happy in his kingdom. That's his New Living Translation. I love that. So then he says, store up treasure in heaven, and all the persons of heaven, all those things, don't worry about that. He said, your treasure will be safe there in heaven as you seek God's face. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. And wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Notice that. It says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will also be. It doesn't say where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. It says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. 
And I just felt like finding treasure is part of what you wanted. I think God wanted me to speak to you today, all right? And I don't know, I wish I could sit down with you right now at this moment, knowing some of the ins and outs of situations that I'm praying for. Uh, but I hope and pray through this podcast that you'll share this, that you will uh, share it with friends and family. I heard about that this past week, that really need it at their moment of crisis in their life physically or financially or just health-wise or just worry-wise. You know, some people have no issues physically and no issues financially, but they worry that they might. And that's counterproductive to the things of God. And that's where it says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be, Okay. So what's this treasure, this finding treasure? The treasure is the most important thing in your life. It's what drives you. It's the passion of your life. It's what, it's the focus of who you are. So if you focus that the treasure is like the man who finds a pearl in a field and he sold everything he has to buy that field so he can find that pearl. It meant everything to him. He sold everything else he had to go after that one thing because that was his treasure. Not the stuff he had, but the stuff that that treasure represented. The same way, too, if you are attached to something, your feelings, your emotion, your passions, and you're motivated by that, that's where your heart's going to be because that really is your treasure. But if your treasure is that you're motivated by God's word, by his faithfulness when he says to you, don't worry, I'll take care of you. Look at the flowers on the side of the road anywhere in Maryland. I'll take care of you better than God, better than anything else. If God can take care of those flowers, he can take care of you. If you're motivated by his word, by his presence, and this is what's so cool, guys, in your own walk with God, I'm hoping that wherever you are in this nation, either part of our church or in any church or just in your own presence with God, that it's growing because the Lord wants to reveal himself in new ways because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So the more I focus as Jesus is my treasure, that I found him, that his presence, relationship with him, will be everything I need. So because of that, I just want to say to you really strongly that God in his grace and his mercy is your treasure. And when you worry, then worry becomes your treasure. When you fear, then fear becomes your treasure. And I know some people who are professional people who worry. They're, prof they're amazing. They're followers of Jesus, but they are professional at worry. And I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form that demeans that things happen. Things do happen. But I can't change one minute of my life. That's what Jesus said. And neither can you. If I can't change one minute of my life by worrying, then why worry? So, Pastor, what, what happens if? Well, if something happens in my life or your life, then God's going to be there with me. And he's proven that in your own life, the fact that you're part of this podcast right now. Now, now there are some people in hospital rooms right now. There's some people who have been laid up. There's some other people who are struggling right now, just f spiritually f struggling. And you're worrying about, does God love me? Does he care for me? And you're sort of, of course he does. He said, the Father honors you and he loves you, but he wants you to make him your treasure. So think about this. If I had, there was a... Um, a movie by Nicolas Cage a long time ago. He's not a great actor, but I think it was called National Secrets. And it talked about the fact that they had certain things that were coded in like the Declaration of Independence and stuff like that to find certain like buried treasure in our country, right? I wouldn't try that, by the way, but it was made for a good movie. But I think that what you and I need to understand that the treasure we have is here. It's him. 
And the more my focus and my passion and my emotion is focused on my treasure, which is Jesus, I'll sell everything else and go after him. Because anywhere I go, that treasure that's in my heart goes too. So what are you carrying in your suitcase? A lot of you guys carry a lot of baggage of concern and worry and anxiety. And God says, wait a second, be free. Walk in that. So find that treasure that's already there. I don't have to give you a map to do it. There's no like X marks the spot. In a real sense, the cross marks the spot of where your treasure begins and where that relationship that you treasure more than anything else continues to this day. Quick story. There was a man, his name was Roland Taylor, and Roland Taylor lived um, in the 15th century. And uh, I had not heard this story at all until I was reading it. I've read several books like the Fox's Book of Martyrs, but there's another, uh, another book that has some of the famous martyrs in script, you know, from years gone by. He lived in the 1500s, and uh, he was from England, was a, pr- a priest of the English church, and uh, the English church was getting very, very heretical, and they'd got off base, and, and he just stood up for Christ, stood up for a relationship with Jesus, stood up for the truth of God's word. And the bishop of England came to him and said, listen, you either stop or we're going to kill you. So his name is Dr. Roland Taylor. He'd been really famous. He was very loved by the community in London and all through that part of England at that time. And uh, he said, listen, we're ready to, to spill our blood for Jesus if we need to do that. So that was in late January of, 1958, of uh, excuse me, 1555. And then in February, he is actually tried and convicted. They remove him from being a priest. They said, now you're going to be convicted and you're going to um, have to go some distance away, about two days' journey away, and then we're going to execute you. So we're going to burn you at the stake. So they allowed him to have one last meal with his wife and two daughters. And so before they move him from London to this place, to about two days away, and he's just praying for them. He says, listen, God's going to be with you, and God will take care of you. And uh, the next morning they move him to be executed. His wife waited all night to see him one last time. And he said to her, he said, Honey, I thank God for his grace in your life. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. The story is too powerful. I don't want to read it too quickly for you. It's just a lot of stuff. But he says, God will take care of you. He'll bring another man in your life. But even if he doesn't, he'll take care of you. And he says to his oldest daughter, Hey, listen, God's, God's plan in your life is rich. He has great things in store for you. You trust God. And he tends to his youngest daughter, I love you so much, and you're very, very special to God, and he's going to watch you all the days of your life. And so with a lot of tears, he says that, and then he, he's taken into, a, into like a cart and then head off. Last time he'll see his family. So the story goes this, for like two days' journey on this cart, like a prison cart, he's there. And uh, at one point, uh, they loosen his chains, I guess, and uh, he's about, about two miles away from the town that he's supposed to be at. And he gets off of the cart, and uh, he starts like skipping towards the place he's going to be executed, like dancing towards it, like like walking fast. And they ask him, "What are you doing?" They said, "He said, I'm almost home. I'm almost home, because what he was saying is, my treasure is my king, and wherever he is, that's where I want to be." And so, long, long story short, they get there finally. They put him there. They put a, a mask over him, like a hood over him. They're going to put him in, a, in a, a boiling vat and then light it on fire and burn him at the stake. And uh, 
the people as he's coming, coming, being let in, are just saying, "Oh, Dr. Taylor, you've been so kind to us. You've loved us so much. You've done all these different things for us, and you've been wonderful." And he said, well, "What's going to happen? God bless you." And, and he started to speak, and he said, "You know, don't worry about me. I'm in. I'm heading towards to know Jesus." And at right then, one of the soldiers hit him in the mouth with a spear and knocked his mouth and said, "You have to be silent." They called him a heretic, but he took off his his hood and said, "I don't need to." hide my face. So he knelt down, began to pray, and a lady from the crowd who had been impacted by his life came up and knelt with him on the gallows before he is executed. She's finally taken away. He's put there in, in, uh, inside that burning, blazing vat, uh, and uh, then he prays out loud this prayer. Merciful Father of heaven, for Jesus Christ's sake, receive my soul into your hands. Then he stood perfectly still as the fire rose around him without crying or without moving until finally after some point when the guards did not see him suffering, they knocked him over the head with a club and he died. And you think, Pastor, why do you say all that? I said all that because one thing impacted my life just hearing about it and the other was to say, God, would you please let me understand that you have my days and my treasure, if my treasure is you, then you'll take care of everything I'm facing until I see you face to face. And that means martyrdom. We have to say, God, I'm not going to worry about that. If that means sickness, I'm not going to worry about that. God, and, I, and right now I'm dealing with some people right now who are in a church and people I know who are battling some like really severe things. Some of you are, are listening to this right now, severe things. But can I say this to you? Let the trust and the treasure you have found in Jesus be more than enough. Just really feel strongly that someone needed to hear that. I know this is longer than maybe you wanted to hear today, but let it be more than enough. So Dr. Roland Taylor, he found Jesus was more than enough, more than enough for him. He could speak life into his wife, into his girls. He could speak life to people he administered to. He could speak life to people who were executing him. Executing him, He could speak life and said, listen, our Lord Jesus is enough. He's enough. And when you find that treasure, you don't need anything else. What did Jesus say to the rich man? Sell everything you have and follow me. And we think, oh man, that's, that's he was so rich. No, no, no. You're the same way. Jesus said, get everything else in comparison. Follow me. Go after me. I'm your great reward, right? I like so much in the Old Testament where it says, God says, I am your shield, Abram. I am your great reward. I'm your treasure. So I want you to treasure him more. And I hope, even when I'm talking right now and I hear that word, I hope that right now you're saying, God, please let me sense that you are my treasure in every way and that, Lord God, you're focusing in on my life in a powerful way. So he is our great reward. So, finding treasure and hidden manna. Quickly, if I can, this is now in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 2. And it says this, you know, here, there, John, uh, the person who writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, the book of Revelation, and we always think about end time events. And this is really part of end time events, too. The, the first two, th three chapters deals with, like, people like us, like churches in that area that was at that now modern day Turkey, that he was writing to me, think about Ephesus, and we think about all these different places. But he writes this place, a place called Pergamum, which is also in modern day Turkey. And he says this to those who overcome, 
I want you to understand something. For those who are victorious, to the one who are victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. Pretty cool, right? So I don't know where each each church has like a sort of correction except for one and then an instruction. And then also, here's the reward as you go after it. He said, I want you to find some of this hidden manna. Okay? So he says, for those who are victorious, for those who overcome, I'll give you this hidden manna. So the imagery is really clear, right? Because it goes back to the manna of the Old Testament. Interesting enough, when I first started the, the Journey of Grace podcast with you, I kept saying, I'm praying for daily miracles and daily manna. Remember that? Daily miracles, daily manna. And then just reading some studying stuff out of Revelation chapter 2, where it talks about, for those who overcome, for those who are victorious, I'll give part of the hidden manna. And this talks about 40 years in the desert when the nation of Israel, every morning, they would see the manna from heaven, okay? And it was oftentimes called the food of angels, right? That that manna had not just like great stuff in it, but had enough to sustain them in the desert environment for 40 years, right? So they had quail, but they had manna. And I think to myself, the manna for 40 years, the same, the same meal every day for 40 years. He said, oh, Pastor, I want some kind of variety. Can I say this to you? I want you to understand something. When you find the hidden manna, he'll make his, he makes it such a variety for your life every day that it's never boring. And we'll talk about it. He said, Pastor, what is the hidden manna? Well, here's what happens. And this is what I want you to find treasure and also find that hidden manna. Jesus himself made the connection between the manna of Moses' day and then his own life when he says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread that comes from heaven. He said, this bread came down from heaven, manna did. But then he says, I am the bread of life. The manna that sustained the Israelites was only a type of foreshadowing of Jesus, our Lord and our King. As a symbol, the hidden manna in Revelation chapter 2 is not to be taken like it's food, but it's being taken as that Jesus is speaking of something greater than just food. He said, I'm the bread of life. You walk in me. It's hidden, not in the sense that you and I don't know about it, but it's hidden because only followers of Jesus can understand that when you obey God and you walk in him, he himself is everything you need. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the sustainer. I am Jehovah Jireh. So he himself is a hidden manna. And so here, John, quoting the words of Jesus, says, Jesus says, to those who are victorious, to those who overcome, and of course in that time, it talks about in our time too, those who overcome hardship, those who overcome trials, those who overcome uh, difficulties, those who overcome worry. Then Christ says, those who overcome temptation to worry, he says, you're an overcomer. And if you're an overcomer then, I'll give you hidden manna. And you know what he'll do? He gives you himself. So do you understand the correlation here? Old Testament, 40 years manna every day. Jesus says, every moment, I'm your hidden manna. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer, Jesus said, listen, you walk in me and you focus in on me and you overcome and you do it his way. He said, I will give you light 
in the, in the darkest valley, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will give you hope of resurrection and moments that are most hopeless to your life, physically and spiritually. I will give you understanding to overcome temptation that you're facing in your own life right now, temptation to give up, to give in, to, to go over to the enemy's side. And the Lord says, wait a second. If you overcome, I will give you this hidden manna. So look at how Jesus is so cool. We talk about finding treasure, right? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And then Jesus ties it together in Revelation chapter 2. He says, listen, overcome and I'll give you me. Not just me that saves you, but me that sustains you. Just like the manna did in for 40 years. That sustaining power of a life-giving God. That's better than any vitamin mix, better than any kind of supplement you could ever take, better than muscle builders, better than collagen, anything like that. You're saying, God, I want that kind of hidden manna. He says, overcome, it's yours. So the trade-off is, as I'm finding treasure and hidden manna, you say, Pastor, wait, you said that the treasure is here. It is. But we need to walk in it that it's here. And then that hidden manna that the Lord promises to people who overcome, not just at Pergamon, but in your life and in my life, hidden manna. There are people right now that are watching this, and I know they're going through some really difficult things because I've talked to many of them. And I'm just so proud of them and I'm so blessed by them because they're finding some hidden manna that they knew nothing about. We say, Pastor, they're already believers in Jesus Christ, but there's more. I said a moment ago that God has the ability to give you a variety that you never are unsatisfied, right? So what if that hidden man in your life has been there and because you've been worrying about other things like the manna in the Old Testament wilderness, if they didn't pick it up, it would rot. Maybe what God is trying to say to you, stop rotting yourself by worry and receive what only sustains in your life. So if I could speak a lot of names right now, I'd speak ladies' names and men's names and young people's names and kids' names that I'm praying for right now. My mind's just like erasing for people who may see this in the days to come. But even if I don't know your name or know your situation, my king does. And he says, find the treasure and the hidden manna and see how God in his grace will focus your life now, tomorrow, the next moment, the next moment, the next moment. I hope and pray that something was said today met you at the point of your need. So on this episode eight of the journey of grace, I want you to find that hidden treasure. And I want you to find that hidden manna because it's really not hidden for people who are followers of Jesus and obey and look up and see him. Most, most of the times in our life, even I've done this too, more than I want to say, you know, things overwhelm and then all of a sudden my focus goes to what overwhelms instead of the one who overcomes. And I want you to overcome. Jesus has overcome. He said, because I've overcome, you can overcome. Find his treasure. It's him. Find hidden manna. He sustains. It's him. So I want to pray for you a couple things if I can and we'll ask God for grace, okay? Lord, I just uh, really felt for people who were would watch us. I have no idea who will see it or when they'll see it. I pray, Lord God, whatever they're going through, maybe it's not my story, it's their story. But Lord God, that story is a story you're writing 
and you want them to walk in a way that honors and proclaims and professes, not just when it's easy, but when it's unknown. And instead of worrying, Lord God, we're to choose to worship because we have a passion. We found our treasure in you. And I speak that in Jesus' name. Instead of worrying, Lord God, we're going to overcome because those who overcome are victorious, find the hidden manna that sustains every day of their life and throughout eternity. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, for bodies to be healed and lives to be changed. I pray for the impossible to be turned around. I pray for what doctors say cannot be, make it be. I pray, Lord God, for families to be restored. I pray for lives to be helped. I pray for people who are on the fringe right now of, of packing it in right now to say, okay, I can make this. I pray this in Jesus' name by the power of Almighty God. And I ask it, Lord, let this journey of grace be one, Lord God, that you find us looking to you, treasure and hidden manna. In Jesus' name, amen. If you uh, enjoyed this, guys, please let us know. Just email me or email uh, here at podcast at cag.org, podcast.cag.org. I hope you'll share this with as many people as possible. You never know how God may use it. I've heard that several stories about how God's using this, but please, my prayer and my hope is that you would walk in it and that you'd share it and let us all walk in that treasure we have in Jesus and find new hidden manna that satisfies us day after day after day. Love you guys. Proud of you. Please share it. Let me know. If, if you want to continue, we'll continue. Uh, just email me or, again, at podcast at cag.org. God bless you guys. Walk strong in the Lord. He is your treasure. He is your hidden manna.